Hey, welcome to this edition of the John Papaloni Show. Today, I have Karen Mendoza. Karen, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks, John, for having me. I'm excited for our conversation today. Me as well. I believe you got an exciting story. So why don't we start off with that, like who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of my, my personal uh, story, my personal journey. Um, I'll start with uh, the fact that my family immigrated to the U.S., to America, to, to seize that American dream. So it's very much the almost traditional um, immigrant story. I'm, my family's from the Philippines, Southeast Asia. Um, we immigrated, uh, we moved to the U.S. when I was six years old. So I'm proud to have kind of embedded in me and grown up and, and was was raised on American values and, Ameri and, and the American public school system um, and went to college to pursue an undergraduate degree in business um, economics. I went to UCLA, so big um uh, a big university, public university in Los Angeles. Um, and then years later, I also uh, got my MBA um, from Pepperdine University, also in the Southern California, Malibu area. Um, as, as, I, as I kind of talk a little bit about my, my educational background, my first job out of, out of college was working at Fox, Twentieth Century Fox, um, where back then in the late 1990s they were kind of uh, uh, experimenting with trying to run a uh, their own video game department, video game division as part of the Fox Home Entertainment division, and um, I, I got a chance to intern there in their PR department which led to my first job out of college being the PR specialist and eventually a manager. And I got to do the public relations for all the games that they put out, like uh, Aliens versus Predator, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, Action Adventure Game, um, the X-Files PC game. So some of these very, very old, <laughs> old um, games, but but great, um, great franchises from the Fox filmed and home entertainment. Um, after Fox, then I, I moved to Seattle to work for Nintendo of America and really working at Nintendo, a global uh, giant like Nintendo, global brand, uh, a great family friendly brand. I got to work there for 15 years, five years out of the headquarter campus in Redmond, Washington, and then 10 more years here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And working at Nintendo definitely helped establish sort of my, um, I learned everything I, I wanted to know or I was curious to know about on the sales and marketing side of running a great global brand like Nintendo. And over the 15 year um, career there, I'm, I'm, I'm so fortunate to have gotten that formative learning experience and and business um you know uh business wins with Nintendo during those a decade and a half um and then and then after Nintendo uh, I left Nintendo to pursue an entrepreneurial um uh, gig I was um I was the chief de business development officer for a, a 
a franchise-based business in the U.S. called Game Truck. Game Truck, they have 100 trucks and trailers across the U.S., and they do events, uh, live events all throughout um, America. And I was uh, just very, very excited about their company. And then COVID hit. Uh, and, and so with a live events company like Game Truck, who usually do 30,000 events per year uh, using Game Truck parties, um, COVID was certainly an interesting ride to go on with them during COVID years, but we we um, we definitely survived. Game Truck survived because we opened up um, another sort of business in esports, online esports tournaments, and that really kind of uh, showed us, proved to us that we can have a, another successful business within the Game Truck and esports side. And today, sorry for the long story, John, but finally today, about a year ago, I joined a company called D-Box, D-Box Technologies. They do hyper-realistic, haptic, um, and immersive technology, and they do, they do it in all forms of entertainment media, like uh, theatrical. We, we work with all the Hollywood studios, and, and we have... 20,000 motion activated um, cinema seats across the world. Uh, so movies, TV series, music, gaming, racing, these are all segments that we cover at D-Box Technologies. So I think, John, I, I hopefully you get a, I painted a good picture for you. Um, my passion is sales and marketing and, and the voice and then truly finding the voice of the customer and understanding when to launch a product or a service in the marketplace. That's that's my jam. That's the biggest uh, cha business challenge I like to try to think creatively for and solve for. Yeah, well, you've definitely had quite a uh, journey there. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that was quite a bit. But, you know, you went, for all intents and purposes, like right out of school, right off the gate, you went into the uh, big box brand, for lack of better description, and yeah, so like that was interesting. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times people go to university and that's their hope that they're going to graduate. They're going to get out there and they're going to get into these big box stores and these big brands and they're just going to scale up and be CEO one day. And then most of them think they're going to do that within 60 days of getting out of university where, <laughs> you know, at least that's today's yeah. generation. But, you know, you, you've gone through the long game, which is amazing. And it's like... uh it's incredible how you really got into the big box brand. Now, curious to know, like, how did you get into that? Like, right off the bat, Century 21, that was a big name to get right out of university yes. just like that. And I'm sure it wasn't easy. I'm sure you didn't just pick up a phone and say, hey, I'm out of university. Can you hire me now? And they go, well, we sure can. We've been waiting for you. And I'm sure it wasn't like that. So how, how did, what, what was that process like? Yeah, that process that I, I, as I think back on every single sort of career move I've had, I will have to say I've been, it's been a balance of being at the right place at the right time and being fortunate. But more than anything, I think it's um, my network of people who I surround myself with. Uh, the, the 20th Century Fox internship happened because a good friend of mine who was graduating from uh, from the same university had that internship and she said, hey, I, they're looking for another intern. Karen, you're a good friend of mine. Would you like this 
uh, job and and or this internship. So it was through my personal network and personal connection as I and and then and then showing them my work ethic once I'm in that role. And then them seeing that, yeah, you, you've you got the skills, you've got the ethic, you we can train you on the, the skill set that you still need um, to learn about, uh, managing people, managing, you know, writing press releases or what have, what have you. Um, so, but once you get your foot in the door, like how I went from Fox to Nintendo was, that one was a little bit more, yes, I used my personal network and personal connections because I had these Rolodex of, you know, journalists, media, PR contacts. That was just more to have coffee with them, informational interviews, understand what friction is within the business, within their company, within their day-to-day. -to -day. And sometimes it wasn't really, really... To, to go to coffee with them, to ask them for a job, it was to help them unlock and think through their business challenges and almost offering up some ideas to them to get them to you know, think differently about their business challenge. The Nintendo position got to me because, or, or I got the Nintendo job by applying at a temporary staffing firm that I know that Nintendo uses and and um, they placed me for a two week assignment for a, uh, to be an administrative assistant to one of the directors. And in those two weeks, like I did at Fox, I knew that once I got my foot in the door, then show them, show them your talent, show them my talent, show them my willingness to collaborate with others, my my passion for working on a team. And sure enough, that two-week temporary assignment at Nintendo turned into 15-year 15 15 year, career, you know, showing them, okay, wait, this, this person has video game experience. She seems to know the business. We're looking for other we're looking to hire another um, position here at our company. Where can she fit best? So it's about leveraging your personal network. And if you don't currently have a, 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 um, a strong enough network, start to introduce yourself to others who, uh, you know, find this, the path where you want to go and start to really be, um, be seen by them and be heard by, by, by those by that industry, you know, community that you want to be a part of. Right, right. See, I want to touch upon that relationship thing, right? Like, it's one of those things that everybody, I, I think that's that's like almost a lost art. Like, yes. I, it's incredible. Like, I mean, every business, like, see, business, most business, look, I'm in real, I'm in the real estate industry. Yep. And most of the successful realtors build up a network of people and build relationships with people. And that's how they build out. Now, I believe that that is a way of life, not a way of building clients in real estate. And in a way, your journey and your story illustrates that because we're taking that out. You're not selling homes. You're not trying to get clients to, uh, to buy products off you at that time. What you're trying to do is to start your foundation and build. And you use the yes. same tools by building relationships and going beyond just the building relationships. You built them by providing value, by finding right. ways that you can help them, which in turn gave them value. And in turn, 
made made them feel as if they wanted to help you, which essentially got you to that next level. That is absolutely right. It's the whole concept of reciprocity or or exchange, but without even feeling like you are obligated to, but it's the human spirit, right? If you find, if I find value in what you have shared with me for free, for unsolicited, I didn't ask you for real estate advice, or I didn't ask you for, you know, relationship advice, but you just, you saw that I was struggling or challenged on, on thinking through something and you helped unlock an idea for me. I, I value that, right? To, I always tell my teams or, or the people that I'm working with or trying to mentor or coach or inspire, you know, every person I meet or every company I get a chance to, to talk with, I always evaluate whether or not, A, they create value uh, for me or my business, or B, they'll add volatility, right? It's either value or volatility. And of course, I want to put my, you know, I want to, I want to work those who are creating value and not bogging me down with high maintenance partners, high maintenance accounts, or there's more questions and challenges from the volatility type companies. So always, you know, that's when I'm evaluating, um, you know, for, for when, when it comes right. to business relationships or personal relationships. Right. So I'm going to touch upon that. I mean, before I get to this, I want to yeah. just bring up, you know, just end that last part about relationships, where in essence, what it is, is you got to give to get, but you have yeah. to give because you want to give, yes. not because you're looking for a return. The return comes because you gave wholeheartedly. If right. you have an underlying desire to get, people feel that desire that you're only helping because you want something. And then people take that as greed or something sits badly in their stomach, like a pit, and they don't right. want to help because they have that pit in their stomach as a result. We're as natural humans, we're into other instincts and we and, right. and we, we breed energy. And then that, and then our we call that gut feeling tells us what right. we feel. And, and we're emotional beings as well. We tend to act based on that emotion. So you have to be genuine when you give. Totally. And so and now going to the whole, uh, you know, like trying to get, uh, well, what was that word? You said not velocity. It was um, reciprocity, reciprocity or volatility. Volatility. That's it. Volatility. That's, that's the yes. one I was trying to hit on. Right. Yes, You're yes. absolutely right. Like I want to touch that. Like we're going to have lots of people we come across that feel entitled, that feel yes. like we owe them, even if we don't know them. And yeah. It's going to be at that point where it's always me, 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 I, 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 you know, I mm -hmm. have demands, I have this, I have that, and uh, right. this must be done. And, it, and in essence, they make it very difficult to work with them, where in general, we're out there looking for ways for people to complement our lives, to add value to our lives, to lift us up as we help lift them up. So with that being said, it goes back to what I always say, your network is your net worth and you surround yes. yourself with people that are either at the same level you are or the ones that are above you who can help bring you up to that level where my question is how do you deal with someone that makes themselves difficult to deal with because at the same time i'm not i'm sure you don't answer the phone and say you're a difficult person you drive me nuts get lost I'm sure it's a lot different than that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes some people need to hear that, right? More direct and and 
and the truth. Uh, I believe in in speaking the truth always. The truth shall set us free sometimes, um, most times, all the time. Um, how I deal with difficult people or difficult partners. Um, you know, I think that, like you said, it's it almost and and um, it takes some time. It you know, uh, I, I I won't call myself a wise or I, I have lots of wisdom. I'm still learning constantly, and I think only when I'm 90, 95 years old can I call myself old and wise. But I, what I've learned is that. For the difficult people, there's still business to to do, right? Uh, especially for if it, it's about the bottom line of the company and the profitability. When a partner or a customer is demanding, right, and pretty direct with, here's what I want, here's what I need, and they're talking to me, they're talking to me because they there's a gap in what they're what they need. If me and my business can provide them what I need. I'll do that transaction with them all day, every day. To me, that's a financial transaction or a or an exchange in my services for to, to, to help you with your needs. I'll do that deal every day, just a straight, direct transaction um, or exchange of goods and services. But where I truly like to... Um, to, to, to have fun with and, and where I play to win in business are those strategic partners who I like because we share the same values um, corporately, right? We may not agree politically or personally or different religious background. In business, those things don't matter. I mean, they matter at some point times, but not, not when we're trying to do business deals together. So I will always do business with a company who is most open to creating value together. So it goes back to that value of, of word, key, key term, buzzword. And do we share common values as a business? And as, as do we have the same vision even for the future? Because I try not to do business if it's just a 30-day thing or a one-year thing. I like multi-year contracts and deals, right? I like big deals. Sure. And we can always start to, with a small deal size, but next year, let's expect to increase our deal size and, 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 and have a longer duration contract. So I know I'm speaking in, in terms that are more business directed uh, because it gets a little bit messier on the personal side, right? They're, you know, Personally, sometimes it's harder to discern what is that value exchange between two people, um, especially if there's no business deal tied to it. It's more of a time and effort. And this is why, by the way, John, why with difficult customers or difficult partners, I try to reduce the amount of time I'm going to spend deciding on whether or not they're a good partner or, or can I change them to be a better partner and can we do more strategic? No, they, they have a demand. I can solve their, their, their demand or their request with a simple service. It, here's my value for that service and let them decide is that what they want to do or not. And it, it's about reducing the amount of time I spend with a volatile customer. <laughs> Right. This is my answer. Long-winded. Well, here, this is the thing. You said something there, right? Like, 
yeah, sometimes it is hard to break apart from a customer, even if they are difficult, because there's a financial aspect to that portion sure. or to that relationship. Um, yeah. Again, we all deal with that differently, and it's, it's 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 a tough one because nobody wants to give up the financial over it, but you definitely limit yourself or limit the uh, connect you know connectivity with that difficult person. Yeah. And going to where you were saying with the personal side becomes complicated. I tend to think, and this is just a perspective of mine, sure. that it's not really as complicated as we make it. It's complicated oh. because we have our emotions tied into these people. Right. And what ends up happening is a lot of times the difficult people are, that we're talking about in general are usually the ones that need what I call an attitude adjustment. <laughs> and what right. I mean by that is that, you know, you're always say, Hey, I got a new job. I'm working for D box. I got a raise and I'm working Monday to Friday, but I have to put in an extra couple of hours. Well, you know, the problem with that is it should be congratulations. This is what you wanted. Oh my God. Wow. Good for you. But what ends up happening is you get the problem with that is, and it's like, it just sort of debunks your energy. And, right. but then it's usually someone that you've known for the last 10, 15 years. And it's like, they were there for you when you were staring at dirt and you don't really <laughs> want to turn your back on them now because they have a, a problem for every solution <laughs> or a solution. Right, you right. Know what I mean? Like, it's, yes. and that's what makes it complicated because you have trouble letting go, even right. though we know emotionally. They're dragging us down. <laughs> yeah. Or, so. or, or there are there. Yeah. We have those friends and family members who never say the right thing or say the most inappropriate thing at the wrong time. And, and we know who these people are. Right. And so if so, it's a little bit of a self-awareness thing. Right. Hey, if I just <laughs> got a new job or I just closed the big deal. I'm going to go to my cheerleaders in my personal network to lift <laughs> me up and to say, heck yeah, Karen, that was a well done deal, you know, or do I, you know, and that's why with the, I'll say in my personal life with the, um, with the more difficult or inappropriate type friends who may not be my cheerleader or what I need, I try to, I try to schedule kind of a, 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 a play date or a happy hour with them, <laughs> uh, like quarterly, or, or or if I don't see them for every six months, I'm okay with that, right? And and I save the topics that I know they can, they they have. We know who these friends are. Like I said, we know the 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 words that can that 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 can help us in whatever we're we're troubleshooting or, or trying to get over. So. For those people, I try to save uh, a topic that I know they will love to help define for me or decide, <laughs> uncover for me, you know? For sure. Absolutely. Now, I'm noticing the poster in the background here that says uh, Top Gun Maverick. Yes. So I'm interested in what exactly did you guys do with that? Like what portion of uh, it? Oh, yeah. So so my poster, so Top Gun Maverick, a, a, an amazing movie. And if you haven't watched it yet, you have to. And hopefully you can see it in D-Box motion activated seats. So what D-Box did with Top Gun Maverick last, last spring, summer timeframe was we took the two hour movie 
And we do this for most action adventure theatrical releases. Um, we take the movie and our haptic designers at D-Box um, look at it frame by frame and decide if in that frame of that scene is there, can we enhance the movie by adding motion or vibration or the texture part of what we do is basically uh, the, the best analogy is if you're driving or riding in a motorcycle with Tom Cruise and he's riding over um, grass, it's going to feel very differently texture-wise versus driving over gravel or concrete. And our D-Box actuators, the motors that we use and the way we haptic encode the content for the movie gives you all those different sensations and feelings and it gets you really immersed in the action on screen and so if you think about the movie industry right now it is it has always been about the innovation with the screen technology and the audio um, surround sound vision what right. dbox yeah. is creating value or trying to uh, um, convince theater owners about our value proposition is that now we can also, as they're seated, as, as customers are seated in the, in the audience or in the seats, now we're adding another layer of, of engagement to the audience um, with, with the seating technology. So seats, screens, and audio are the three essential ingredients to run a theater. And so D-Box is there with the seated and experience of course gentlemen ladies and gentlemen for an extra 9.99 i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh man but that's incredible you're right and, and again we live for experiences really that's what it's about right i mean for sure like we can watch a movie let's be honest we can turn around our tv go on on demand for 9.99 you can watch it from right. the seat of your house that's now, right why do people go to theaters it's not because they I can't watch it at home. It's for that experience. That experience and 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 being part of pop, being part of the culture and the community, right? I mean, at your net, you know, over the holidays, Maverick, Wakanda Forever, Avatar, Way of Water. These were all buzzwords that people said. Hey, have you seen that movie? What did you think? And everybody wants to be their own movie critic, right? And 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 say that yes. I, I didn't have FOMO. I didn't miss that miss out on that. I, I was there and I watched it. And here's what I think of it. It, it goes back to that hum, humanity and, and what human beings like to do. We like to be social. We like to share our opinions with others about certain things in the marketplace. Yes. And sometimes it's even unsolicited. Unsolicited. Yeah. Without <laughs> even ask, asking for it. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, so that's awesome. Like now you've gone through a lot of ventures here, right? Like, and it's like, and where I'm going with this is the, that, um, and I think this is part of growth. I mean, let's be honest in life. We're either growing or dying and we're never staying the same. Nothing yes. changes. Even in the same role at the same company, things change from year to year. So there comes a certain point where you realize that you do need that change and where you are is not where you should be. I mean, clearly, when you move from one company to the other, obviously, they were yep. step up. How did you know it was time to take the leap? Ah, 
again, I'll use the um, the concept of self-awareness and and just understanding, you know, understanding where your mental state is at, where your um, physical health is at, and 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 almost listening to to what is in your head, what's in your heart, what's what your family and friends are kind of telling you about you because your your mood has changed. So all of these are signals. Um, like for instance, the self-awareness I always look for is I know when I get energized or when I find myself high energy when I meet new people, when I'm when I'm surrounded by like-minded people and we're talking about topics that I like to talk about or um, you know, and and if my energy level for a sustained period of time, and sometimes it could be a whole week, a month, or what have you, on certain projects or people or or my day-to-day is not quite giving me that high energy feeling or that that wanting to be there early, you know, uh, to a meeting or to to that brainstorming session. That's when I know that hey something's not right here when I'm when I'm canceling meetings or I'm calling in sick or absent um, all the time or or if I'm seeing other people on my team you know I manage a, a group of people and if I always try to stay in the pulse or keep a good pulse of where are they at where's their energy level where's their confidence level where's their mental state of thinking um you know to themselves when they pitch an idea do they truly are they confident about it be at it working and do they have a clear vision so these are all things that not only do i look for in in the people that i'm leading but i look for it in myself you know because when i start to disengage from uh my day-to-day whether it's again personal relationships or or professional relationships there's I have to check myself, right? Or, or my husband or others who are close to me will will check on that, and and that's what I want. I I need that feedback, that feedback system to say, hey, you know, hey, honey, you know, if it's my husband coming home and he sees that I've had a really long day, I mean, he he knows, he'll know, and so he'll ask that question and 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 listen, and and I have to listen to my answer back to him if it was just today or if it's how I've been feeling for the past six months or what have whatever. So listening and being self-aware. Right. That makes sense. Well, here now, let me ask you this, right? Cause it's uh, you're very self-aware. You've been self-aware. Was that something that's natural or something you learned to do? Um, I think I learned to do it and I learned to do it very, very early on. Like I said, my immigrant story, when I, when I came here, I came here with not knowing any English. I, I did not speak English at all. I knew yes. And I knew no. And I, so my elementary foundation, elementary school foundation was sitting in an English Spanish language class for half the day in kindergarten first grade and second grade, being with 
you know, Spanish speaking people, because back then when I was growing up, it was more um, Spanish speaking than it, and, and me and a Filipino in that <laughs> Spanish speaking group. Uh, so I think I learned a little bit of Spanish and English at the same time. Uh, but but in that when you are an outsider or when you are not in your element where the culture around you is different, you learn senses and you learn to pick up and observe and listen very attentively to what is going on around you, almost as a survival mechanism, but also as a learning uh, mode, right? To, to understand, okay, how, how, do I, how do I use this unique situation to my advantage? So I think that's how I learned to be self-aware because in every new start of a chapter of a new job, a new, um, you know, uh, uh, phase in life, that dynamic is going to change, right? Team dynamics, people dynamics, environmental. And so you just have to survive (laughs) for sure and and learn what, what works best for you. So what would you tell someone who's pretty much done their uh, high school journey, gone into university, maybe, maybe somebody's graduated from university or going into university and wants to pick their courses. And they're really not sure, like they don't have the self-awareness yet. They are not realizing it and they have no direction and are looking for guidance. What would your suggestion be? Yeah, I would. Um, I was a big, big fan of the Career Center, uh, College and Career Center at my high school. And then even when I got to college, I spent a lot of time with my academic counselor and the 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 Career Center at UCLA. And a lot of the time that I would spend there was taking personal interest surveys. There's a lot of these free online now to, again, to understand from just by taking some some survey or answering some survey questions, understanding where I think my natural talent is or what I'm, you know, what I'm inclined to do, um, you know, public speaking, talk to people, meet new people. Like there was uh, all of my personal interest surveys said I should have been a social worker because I like <laughs> the, the social aspect so much. Um, so I think that's a, that's a good guide is, is visit your counselor or, or career center to understand you and then find a mentor who can, who can uh, guide you and ask the right critical questions for you to, to understand, well, let me choose a path. Sometimes, you know, it's about just making a choice, not a choice with a little C, not a decision with a big D, capital D, right? Just just make a choice. If you like photography, go down that path and see where it takes you and see if there's, could that be a sustainable livelihood for you, you know, or if you like, you know, whatever it is and, and, you know, it has to also um, coincide with what how you uh, envision your life for the future, right? If, I mean, if you want a Ferrari by the time you're 30, then what are the steps that you're going to, it's goal setting, it's essentially, is, yeah. if that's your goal is to own a Ferrari by the time you're 30 years old, then now take it backwards from there. And how are you going to get that Ferrari? What do you need to do? So, so break it down in, in, easy to to determine easy and clear chunks 
Absolutely love that. And you're right. Like, it's really, you got to try things out and do things and experiment because you don't know what you like or what you're good at if you've never tried anything. So if you're waiting around and analyzing, you get stuck by analysis paralysis with no form of accomplishment or anything. You get stuck in that phase and nothing ever comes out of it. Where if you try something, you have goal oriented, it's easier to work from this, you know, from the end zone, work your way back to where you are and find a path that way than yep, it is to just try to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely love that. Now, in the interest of time, I'm going to ask yes. you a couple of more questions okay. and then go into a lightning round. Okay. So question, the second last question is, how do you know you've had a successful day? Oh, when I'm still smiling at the end of the day, I start off every morning with a nice big smile on my face. And I want to, when I see my family for dinner um, at the dinner table at 6 p.m. every night, uh, I I better have that same positive energy with a smile on my face. So that's how I know it's been a good day. Well, I can't see you having very, you know, many bad days because you're so energetic You're so energetic and full of positivity that I just can't imagine you're not having the smile on your face. Oh, thank you, John. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, because I mean, like you exude that energy. It's great. It's easy when you love what you do and you love the people that, that I love the people that I work with. And I find myself doing meaningful work with meaningful people. So it makes it easy to keep smiling, you know. Boom. There's the answer. Mic drop. Game over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> meaningful work with meaningful people. Absolutely. Right. So last question, but not least, where do people find you? Oh, yes. LinkedIn. I'm I'm active. I try to be as active on LinkedIn as possible. Um, uh, when I send you my my bio and, and headshot, John, uh, I'll send you my LinkedIn link. Uh, it's just um, LinkedIn forward slash in forward slash at connected to K. So um, I I try to post everything that we're doing at DBox and also post things that are important to me, like women and minorities doing non-traditional uh, work, whether it's technology or STEM or motorsports or sports uh, that that we're just underrepresented in. I those are my passion projects, and I will help anybody and anybody who who wants to excel in uh, those areas. So that's how they can find me on LinkedIn. Fantastic. And we'll put that in the link notes as well. So now off to the lightning round, which is just a few fun questions about you. And question number one is going to be, what is your favorite food and why? Uh, Spaghetti and meatballs. Always. That will be my last meal ever. Like if I were uh, on death row or something, hopefully not, knock on wood. Why is it my favorite? I, I love Italian food. I love pastas and my husband makes the best spaghetti and meatballs. So that is my go-to meal. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. Second question, favorite travel spot and why? Oh, my tr- favorite travel spot, I would have to say is... uh. Oh, gosh, my favorite place in the world is actually Singapore. I love Singapore for their um, technology forward culture. I love the food in Singapore. I love the people. It's such a melting pot of all different uh, nationalities from Asia Pacific and European. And it's it's like right there mixing of 
a little bit of Eastern world and Western world. And, and Singapore is a, a great uh, travel spot for me. Nice. Uh, next question is going to be, what is your favorite book or podcast? Ah, um, you know, I like anything that Scott Galloway writes. Um, Scott Galloway is an NYU uh, business school um, professor, and he is um, always featured on like CNN. He had a podcast or a show on CNN, but I find him very, very provocative. Um, I find him um, asking or even presenting ideas and questions that are um, so um, uh, uh, thought provoking about business and, and the rise of big tech and, and what does that mean to society? So Scott Galloway is my answer for author and podcast and just all things that are, that are interesting to think about. Awesome. Last but not least, if you were given an unlimited amount of money, but had only 48 hours to decide what to do with it, what you spend and use, you get to keep. What you don't gets taken away. What would you do? Yep, I would. Um, I would uh, probably uh, send half of it to uh, a nonprofit organization, and that nonprofit will be the American Heart Association. I'm a big, um, a big fan of everything that they're doing in the American Heart Association. And then the other half, I would uh, surround myself by my loved ones. Uh, of course, my family, my two kids, my husband, my mom, stepmom, everybody who I love. And and we're going to go on a big trip, big vacation, fully paid for by by me. That's <laughs> I don't know fantastic. where that would be. Maybe it's Singapore, or maybe a beach somewhere. But I would uh, give some to charity and then, and then enjoy and splurge with me and my, my loved ones. That is amazing. Karen, thank you so much for being on the show. John, thank you. What a great conversation. And I hope, um, I hope your, your, your viewers and your, you ever want me to, if you ever want another discussion, I, I'm happy to come back and we can talk some more. Absolutely. Let's definitely keep in touch. For sure. If you like what you saw and you want to get to more episodes, subscribe to the link below. Once again, Karen, thank you for being on the John Papaloni Show.